listening to Impact Sports Daily, WDBM's daily rundown of all things sports. Good afternoon. I'm Nick Lundberg, your host of Impact Sports Daily, here with my partner Jacob Phillips. Jacob, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Happy to be debuting this episode. Oh yeah, first episode of the year. It's going to be a great one. We've got some MSU football on the docket. We've got some MSU basketball, some Thursday night football previews, some Lions previews all coming your way this afternoon. So first, we want to start off with some MSU football. There's been a lot of news lately as earlier in the week, cornerback Kalen Gervin and Chase Klein transfer from the program. And Jacob, does this come as a surprise to you at all? You know, I don't really think so. I mean, our team's been doing really well, but you know, th- these aren't really what I would consider key players as a fan pers- from a fan perspective. So, I mean, I don't really think it has too much of a direct impact on how the season has been, has been and will continue to be going. Yeah, Gervin started last year for the majority of the season, but we all know last year wasn't a big success, and he's eventually gotten passed by transfers such as Chaz Kimbrough and Ronald Williams in the depth chart and freshman Chuck Brantley, who's been stepping up, and he's kind of fallen off, you know, everybody's radar when it comes to starting corners. And Chase Klein has always been kind of a depth piece at that linebacker spot. And he's made, they've both made their fair share of decent impacts, but they're not huge losses, I would say. We wish them well wherever they may end up. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's always sad to see people go, but, you know, it's just, I'm excited to see who Mel Tucker ends up bringing in. Uh, you know, as this is kind of his year one and a half almost with the pandemic and him starting halfway through not being able to recruit last year. So I think that we'll only see uh, better recruiting from here on out anyway. Yeah, we've got some guys willing to step up, like Marquis Lowry, the transfer from, I believe, Louisville. Uh, he's at cornerback. He's been injured most of the season so far. And freshman Mai Gautiete, excuse me if I pronounced that wrong, but four-star linebacker, the only four-star of the, his first recruiting class last year, USC flip. So it'll be interesting to see some of those guys take their spots in the depth chart. But speaking of recruiting, we had a big commitment last night, and four-star athlete Dylan Tatum officially committed after a long and hard recruiting process by the Spartans. Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch because, you know, he's listed as a, a four-star athlete, so he doesn't have an actual position labeled yet, but I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, looking at his stats, it's really impressive to see how flexible he is. He's played cornerback, running back, slot receiver, safety, kick returner. So it seems like he's got a lot of potential uses here at MSU. Yeah, I've heard they're going to play him most likely at defensive back, which would is probably the most um, position of need on this MSU team going looking into the future because running back looks pretty set right now. But who knows? He could he like you said, he's very versatile. He could play anywhere, um, and he is one of five. Uh, four stars that have committed to MSU in this recruiting class, and it is only t- and and is he is one of the four top ten players in the state to commit to Mich- to Michigan State, and no other team has accomplished that, especially <clears throat> Michigan. But and safe to say that Tucker officially beat out Michigan for Tatum because Michigan earlier in the year hired their head coach Ron Bellamy from West Bloomfield, um, in hopes to get all of to create a pipeline and Tucker just comes in and sweeps him right away. 
Yeah, and I think this is a fantastic addition to our defense. I I was at the Nebraska game last weekend, and one of the things I noticed was kind of a a little bit of a weakness in our backfield almost. So I think adding another like a four star athlete at defensive back would just be absolutely phenomenal to our program. And like I said before, our program is going nowhere but up. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Speaking of MSU football pl- playing wise, they are set to play Western Kentucky who are one and two this Saturday. They're playing at home. It's a night game. It might be, they're coming off a narrow win against Nebraska. Nebraska is by no means uh, a bad team. Their, their record does not show how good they actually are. They played MSU very well and it came down to the wire and expect to see a shootout this weekend as Western Kentucky comes in averaging about 42 points a game and it's it, it could be a trap game, but I'm sure after last week, MSU can't learn that they can't get above themselves when it comes to playing down to opponents. Yeah, and I think one of the key takeaways from Nebraska is, you know, even though they they were unranked, I mean, it was still an incredibly tough game. I remember standing on the edge of the bleachers that entire second half and just watching as that the rest of that game unfolded. And I think that, you know, as much as... I love seeing our team rank 17th in the AP poll right now. I honestly thought that we were going to move down uh, a slot or two after that close win. Uh, so I think it's really important to remember, you know, that this isn't the perfect team yet. You know, again, this is Mel Tucker's technically second year. Uh, and so I think while we're growing that it's really, we need to keep in mind that, you know, it's games like these where we, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves and think, oh, this is just an easy game. I fully agree. Um, we have kind of a young team, especially with sophomore QB Peyton Thorne at the helm. Um, and the offense really did not show up in the second half last week. And um, all credits to Nebraska, we they outplayed us. And they, you can't overlook that, especially coming in. This is Tucker's first time being ranked, the MSU's first time being ranked in the AP pool in a while. And you saw this team kind of get ahead of itself, and I, I'm glad that happened last week um, so they can kind of get grounded and continue to move forward against and not take those kind of games for granted. Yeah, I think, if anything, the Nebraska game showed how much we really rely on Kenneth Walker at that running back position because Nebraska really locked him down. I don't, He didn't score a single touchdown. His numbers did not look anything like those first uh, those first few games. And I think it's really important for people like Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, Speedy Naylor to start developing a broader offense that can actually function when we don't have the ability to run the ball with Kenneth Walker. Yeah, the O the O line had a little bit to do with that. They weren't the best at uh, blocking up the middle. They were getting uh, pushed back, and Walker didn't really have anywhere to go. But thank God for our special teams. Um, Jaden Reed, that punt return. Our punter was very Bryce Berenger. He had a great game, gave MSU great field position most of the time, and our defense showed up when it needed to. It needed to. So, overall, it was a close game and a lot of a lot of things to learn from it. And hopefully, this weekend we'll see a different. Hope we'll see a much better offensive performance and um, a defensive performance that can hold up for our offense to lead to. Another win and going into Rutgers five and zero, which is no, which Rutgers is no pushover. So that'll be 
that'll be a good game as well. Yeah, I think what is it that Mel Tucker keeps saying now? It's relentless, you know, on to the next one. Uh, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Also happening earlier this week, MSU basketball had their first practice and people got their chance to see the new re- newly revamped team after last year's kind of disappointing season. Um, you've got three freshmen and three incoming freshmen, five-star Max Christie, four-star Pierre Brooks, four-star Jaden Akins. And you lose Aaron Henry, one of your best players, but you also gain transfer Tyson Walker, who will start at the point guard position, it seems like. And you have Izzo kind of dropped his top seven with Bingham, Marcus Bingham, Gabe Brown, one of the, and Malik Hall, the two captains of the team, Joey Hauser, Max Christie, Tyson Walker, and A.J. Hogard. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that front seven work, how that top seven works together, and who will make the rest of, you know, the depth chart line out. Yeah, and I think looking back at last year, uh, I'd I'd have to agree it was a little bit of a disappointment. But I think we have to remember that last year we also still had a really young team, a lot of new guys, and I mean we did really well with that. Uh, I'm just really excited to see where this team goes this year. Uh, I have full faith in Coach Izzo. I think that. Uh, Again, much like our football program, you know, we got nowhere to go but up at this point. Yeah, the one thing that really caught my eye last year was the ineffective point guard play with Rocket Watts kind of being forced in to the point guard role with no real offseason preparation. He came in to MSU as a as basically a pure shooting guard, and they forced him to play the point guard. So I'm very interested to see how Tyson Walker will step in very good defensive player. I believe he won Defensive Player of the Year um, in his conference at Northern Illinois, and he's a very good distributor from what I've heard, and I, I'm i sure whoever Izzo brings in is good enough, especially if it's a point guard. We've had some great point guards in the past, and I'm very excited to see how he will step in and control the team. And also, you've got guys like Bingham coming back who's apparently deadlifting like 200 pounds more than he was last year, which is always good to to hear from a skinny, skinny big. And then you've got guys like Gabe Brown who are looking to step in in different roles. Hopefully Joey Hauser makes a leap from last year, kind of a disappointing end of the year. Malik Hall getting some more playing time. Max Christie stepping in as a freshman, as a five-star, so we'll see what he can bring to the table. And apparently A.J. Hogarth has lost about 20 pounds, so it'll be interesting to see how he does on that on both sides of the ball now with a year of experience and a lot of uh, training undergone this offseason. Yeah, and I think one of the key factors, looking back towards something like the 2019 season, where we went incredibly far, of course, it really got cut short. But um, one of the things I'm hoping to find in this newer team is that kind of unit cohesion that you used to see where we would work really well together. Our players would really feed off each other's energy and really be able to make those plays that made a difference. I remember watching the Duke game uh, back when they had Zion Williamson and thinking to myself, you know, oh, that's all Duke has, but we've got a team that they're not all at that star level, but they can actually work together to overcome someone like Duke. And I think that's something I really want to see out of this team in the next two, two, three years. Yeah, I fully agree. Izzo has prided himself off of teams that play together rather than just just have a ton of all-stars like Duke usually has or Kentucky per se. But hopefully I, I have a feeling this year that this is one of the teams that goes ever under everybody's radar and goes 
I would I hope so the Elite Eight, but it's it's just has the feel of one of those teams. A lot of people are sleeping on us, and I think that this team has a lot to prove, especially after last season not living up to their usual expectations. So I'm excited for this upcoming season. It's just the beginning. We'll get we'll get our first look at them. Um, their open practices this weekend, and then they've got some. Uh, the is own campout is coming up too for all students. That that's a, always an exciting, exciting event. And first exhibition games are coming up in a month or so. So a lot of exciting stuff going on in the MSU football and basketball programs. But we're gonna transition over to professional football as tonight the Jaguars, who are 0 three, look to get their first win at Cincinnati as the Bengals have started out two and one and are on the top of the AFC North. Yeah, I think this is really interesting matchup because you got Trevor Lawrence first overall pick this past year going up against Joe Burrow first overall pick from the previous year and I think that and I'm I'm really ready to call Trevor Lawrence one of the biggest busts in recent draft history I mean he's thrown seven interceptions in the first three weeks uh he's got a, a QB rating of 23.1 only a completion percentage of only 54.2 percent and this is a man who I don't think I, I don't think he lost a game in college. And I think it really shows just the sheer difference between college level and professional football. And uh, I really just don't like the look of the Jags this year, even with bringing in Urban Meyer. I agree that it's been very disappointing start for Trevor Lawrence. Um, like you said, he he's actually never lost in college or high school regular season game, but I don't. I think it's really early to call him a bust. Um, it's only been three games, and I mean the Jaguars. They've they've got a lot of issues besides. I mean, who know? We don't know if Urban Meyer is an NFL level head coach. We only know him as the college, college all star coach that he was, and it's it's a very d- big difference when he come and coach in the NFL rather than college. And they have a lot of holes on defense. Um, I mean, their his top weapon is Lavisca Chenault, which is a not like, and I, I'm I bet, and James Robinson is good, but I doubt that their O line is top fifteen in the league to protect him. And he's only it's only been his first three games, so I think it's a little early to give him the biggest bust title. But we'll see going down the road. Yeah, and and, and I got to give him credit. I mean, no one expects one draft to turn a, a team around. I mean, it took Cleveland several years to go from being the worst team in the NFL to earning a playoff spot. But I think with Cleveland, you could see how key draft picks like Baker Mayfield can actually contribute to kind of digging yourself out of this hole. Uh, One thing I was uh, watching some sports coverage earlier on a first take and actually I think it was on the Dan Patrick show when they mentioned uh, with this 0-3 start, if they lose against the Bengals, the Jaguars are actually on track to be one of the first teams in recent history to lose 20 straight games. Uh, and I think that's uh, certainly not the start to the season they were expecting. Uh, it, a little disappointing. Um, you know, and right now we got the odds set, Bengals minus 7.5, so... For those that don't understand odds, that means basically Bengals got to win by eight points to cover. I fully take that. I think they definitely win. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, which teams, if any, this year that Jacksonville manages to beat and kind of break that losing streak. Yeah, I like. I've liked what I've seen from the Bengals so far. Um, after 
pre- a pretty bad year last year. Joe Joe Burrow going out with that ACL injury. Um, they added Jamar Chase. Maybe not the smartest draft pick with Panay Sewell still there at five. Uh, as a Lions fan, I'm very thankful for that. But he's they've both been performing pretty high, and they've helped elevate the Bengals to the top of the AFC North at two and one. And this game, they're favored pretty heavily, which I would agree with as well. So I think that they move to three and one and can continue to stay at the top. And it'll be, it won't be the most interesting game. Um, it is Thursday night. Not a lot of people are fans of Thursday night football anyway. Um, and this, these two teams aren't the most marketable teams in the NFL. So it'll be, it'll be a decent matchup. But I, I, I think that I agree. I think the Bengals will take this one and cover. Yeah. One last thing. I'm. It'd be interesting to watch the Bengals as they go forward. I don't know if they'll be able to clinch their division in the end, but I certainly think with how they've been playing and how Joe Burrow's kind of been developing, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they at least managed to get a wild card slot. But again, this is still week four, so. Yeah, it's very early. You can't get ahead of yourselves by any means. Um, and moving on to another pro football game this weekend, the 0-3 Detroit Lions take on Chicago in Chicago against the 1-2 and Bears. And... Honestly, I think this will end up as being the Lions' first win of the season. Yeah, so being a Packers fan, I, I don't really have much authority to say, you know, who's going to win this game. But uh, with the with Andy Dalton being out and Justin Fields coming off of a, a minor injury and kind of having a limited practice this past week, uh, I think this could be the chance for Jared Goff to step up and finally get that first victory as a Detroit Lion. Yeah, I heard something that Matt Nagy will look to play all three Bears QBs this week, which the Lions will be obviously looking for their first win. So you got to keep an eye on on all the all the three average QBs that the Bears have. But um, I think that if Matt Nagy doesn't get this right, that he's going to get fired. He's been on the hot seat for a while now, and after this this season, this start, um, it, it hasn't looked good for him. And I think that the Lions so far this year have played three decent games of football. They haven't put it all together as they would have liked of last week against the Ravens. They folded on at the last second. And, of course, the Lions lose in the most Lions way possible with the uh, longest field goal ever kicked by Justin Tucker in in NFL history made by Justin Tucker. That 63 yards. Yeah, that bounced off the front of the bottom of the post and in. And uh, you play a decent half of football, the first half of football against Green Bay week two, and uh, uh, eventually, per usual, lose and fall off in the second half and lose. And then the first week, you kind of play um, a rough first half defensive wise, but the offense stays through the whole game. And then eventually, they make a decent amount of a decent comeback, but fall short. So I'm looking for this week to be the first full game, first four quarter game from the whole team playing complimentary football, as Mel Tucker loves to say, and Dan Campbell and Jared Goff get their first win. Yeah, and I think there's still hope for Lions fans. we got to remember, this is Jared Goff's first year in Detroit, and he's he's by no means the best quarterback. Uh, I really think that Detroit lost uh, in that trade when they let Matt Stafford go. I don't think anyone would be willing to argue that point. But I think that Jared Goff has shown that while he's a little bit of a, I'll say, different player to kind of put it in a positive light. Uh, I think that he can develop this newer Detroit offense. I think you've you kind of touched on that with 
the fact that they do play decent ball for, you know, at least a, a full half. They really put up a good fight for the longest time. Uh, I think they're just still waiting for something to click. And I think this might be their chance to kind of find that rhythm. And once they get going, who knows when they'll stop. The thing with this team for me is just the lack of talent. Uh, I mean, you, Brad Holmes came in and basically cleaned house. The defense is a lot different than it was before Brad Holmes stepped in. Uh, Jamie Collins is the most recent uh, victim of Brad Holmes's sweep. And um, I think that these upcoming drafts with the two first-round picks are going to be huge because Brad Holmes knows is known for being an amazing uh, per, uh, GM to draft. He drafted Aaron Donald, and that should say enough about his ability. In the, at, I believe it was pick number 16. So I believe, I believe in his ability to scout out talent. And with two first-round picks – potentially one being in like the top top 10 maybe even top 5. I have no I have no doubt that he will be able to bring the talent to this team. It's just we have to wait a little while to see all those pieces come together, but as far as this season goes, it's a rebuilding year. There's some good pieces there with TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, the offensive line, um Romeo Aquara. So there are some pieces right there right now, but by no means is this team a very talented team at least on defense per se and at wide receiver so yeah I mean they certainly got to work one of the hardest out of any NFL team out there right now they've got very limited talent but I think you know as dark as it may seem I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel you know whether or not you know you have a little bit of a rough year you can kind of rebuild in the draft uh, or you know you hope to figure things out maybe get some uh, trades in and kind of develop your team as you go yeah that is just there's a lot of moving pieces and stuff to be figured out since, like you said earlier, it's only week four, especially in the first year of the Campbell and Holmes regime after a terrible, terrible Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia regime. But that's all we have for today. I'm your host, Nick Lundberg and Jacob Phillips of Impact Sports Daily. We are signing off and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you. You've been listening to Impact Sports Daily. Our thanks to Impact's General Manager Jeremy Whiting, Station Manager Amber Kinetsky, and Programming Director McKenna Lowndes. For more, visit impact89fm.org sports.